Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio show known internationally um, as Smoking and Toasting. We are all about crappier fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to show number 155. Can you give me some canned applause for hitting show 100. number 155? Nicely done. Thank you. See, I feel, I feel so much more like appreciated with the canned fake applause. Oh, and laughter, too. That's good. Pick any other random sound effect for a third. We'll go for I like it. Look, it just keeps going. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's the funniest joke. Oh, there you go. Well, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are excited about today's show. Uh, we are going to be talking about the best scotch for whiskey novices. So, if you are um, right now, uh, if you are a if you're a young you know if you're young in the whiskey thing, you're just getting started, maybe, uh, and you want to sample scotch, we're going to send you in the right direction. Us and that you know ever present expert upon all things scotch whiskey, known as Cosmopolitan Magazine. <laughs> so we'll that's, see. When I think of whiskey, yeah, but the, exactly. That's where you go. Whiskey, yeah. That's where you. Yeah, go. I, I just gotta say when you're when you're going through these titles, like you do such a great job on this. But you like you have to stay up with the times, and you have to add right now to everything well, so that people will listen. In fact, we'll get to that because there's a story we're going to cover today that didn't say right now, but I added it because it sounded better. Awesome. So, 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 so from we'll, now on, this is smoking and toasting right now. There you go. Uh, also on the program, uh, and he's not in here right now, uh, but he will be our special guest on the program. Thanks to your segment with him from when you were at IPCPR, and that's oh, that Robert Holt from Southern Draw. Yeah, great he was cigar so nice. company. Oh, and so their cigars. Nice. And it's just are a quick so, interview, so but he was so nice, and, and yeah. it's it's awesome to post this. Plus, we have I think some really interesting beers uh, to try on the show today. Um, from San Francisco, California, Laughing Monk Brewing Company's Holy Ghost Pilsner. Now I saw the picture of that one. Have I? Have we done a Laughing Monks, or is that just something? I I've think seen. we've done a different monk. I don't think we've done a Laughing. I know we've monks. done Mary Monks. We've that's, done Mary that's Monks. Different. Yes. Yep. But, uh, the, but the picture on there looks familiar. I don't the, think the we've logo done, looks. Familiar. I do not believe we have done the Laughing Monk Holy Ghost Pilsner, unless I'm completely like. Maybe it was really, really good. <laughs> it was, that was, it was it so was good. Fifteen percent. I don't remember. Uh, from Three Magnets Brewing, Big Tom's Milkshake IPA from that Olympia, Washington. Awesome. Yes, and I'm really excited about this one because I just I didn't even know this was coming. I chanced across this in specs. Lone Pint Brewing, makers of the greatest like IPA ever, Lone Pint Yellow Rose. That IPA, they didn't bring on our show. That when they, they came did on a show. whole show and didn't bring. <laughs> uh, but they, you know, they don't come out with new beers to market. I know they do new stuff in their brewery. Well, we've had a, we've a had lot, a few but, of their beers. We had the, yes. uh, of course, the Lone Pint, which you love so much. Yes. The, uh, the, with What's the, it called? The Yellow Rose. Yellow Rose, yeah. which you love so much. We've had the 665. Six, brown. The yeah, we've had ale. the Brown, which is good. The 665, the Neighbor of the Beast, right, which is their, right. their double uh, IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is 
tornado shark. And can, can we get it's it's on Mr. Twirly. I can love we get a shot of the of name. the tornado shark? Yeah, see that's you well, Sharknado first of all is the greatest movie franchise of all time. Can I just say we're we're going to have to like invest in a green screen to put right here yeah. so we can have whatever is on Mr. Twirly gig flying through space. Oh, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Or something like that. You yeah. Know? Uh, I'm actually just making more work for Adam is what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lone Pine Brewing has come out with Tornado Shark, an American strong ale. Do you know, because I don't think I do, what by definition an American strong ale is? I don't know what the definition of that is, but I've had plenty of them. Okay, so you at least know what to... Kind of expect the taste profile. I'm assuming that something called an American Strong Ale, and there's probably a better designation than this. So, uh, talking to you, Brian. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I'm assuming that what happened with that is uh, someone came up with a beer, and they're like, "Well, what is it?" And they're like, "Well, it's a strong ale, but it's not like what we usually make." So now it's an American American Strong strong Ale. Yeah. Right now. Right now. Um, Also on the show today. Very excited because there's big news. We've gone through a month or so without a lot of big news in the cigar legislation fight. And there is big news today, and I really believe it to be good news. So I'm going to... Bursting at the seams. Very excited about it. Uh, Plus, um, (laughs) the the whole idea of going to Cosmopolitan Magazine for scotch advice, uh, you know, is is a little funny, but I think you'll like this. Uh, Cosmopolitan Magazine is named the best scotch for whiskey newbies, so we'll get to that. And then, as if that wasn't enough, the best Japanese whiskey to drink. This one did not have, this article did not have the two key words added to it at the end of the headline. So I've added them myself. The best Japanese whiskey to drink. Right, right now. now. Now, I have a question for you. If it didn't have right now after it, yeah. why would you click on it? That's so weird. Uh, I know. It is crazy. There's it no is sense crazy. of urgency. I almost went right by it, to be honest. There's no sense of no urgency sense of whatsoever. Urgency. So, uh, anyway, a lot of good stuff to happen on the show. We are brought to you by uh, the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and brand new BB Creations coming soon. Very excited about it, and uh, oh boy, these guys, these guys are taking over the restaurant. World. One of these days, it. I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to get you to let me introduce our sponsors, and I'm going to yeah. do it all in monster truck voice. Okay, one of these days, <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll let you know when. Hey, um, we uh, had a great special guest last week. The guys uh, from Highway Vodka, the Texas first hemp-based vodka, were on the show, and we enjoyed tasting that uh, that vodka. And it was that was uh, good. I'm going to say it, it was better than I was expecting. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was good I thought, vodka. I thought it was, I thought it was very, very mm-hmm. good. Enjoyed it, and so uh, and today we've got Robert Holt from Southern Draw. So this, like I said, we got a pretty good. Pretty good show lined up here for 155. I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it. You know, yeah. I haven't actually seen you since last week. I know. I feel like I feel like there was a, a little separation there this, this I, time. I'm going to assume that during that week's time, you've had an opportunity to smoke something interesting. I eked one in, as a matter of fact, yeah. last yep. night. Mm-hmm. Want to tell I, us about it? Yeah, actually. So I, you know, I usually I like bigger cigars in general. Yeah, you're a big ring gauge guy. I went completely the opposite this Ooh, time. Did you? Yes, this was a four and a half inches by about a thirty. Oh my! Ish ring gauge. It's a very small. It's uh, like the same size that you'd find in the tins a lot of times. So this you're is, you're probably going to uh, cover this in your, you know, in your uh, report here. 
But I'm curious as how long it took you to smoke that. It's 20 minutes. That's actually pretty good. Right at 20 minutes. I mean, that's quite minutes. a bit of... Quite a bit of cigar enjoyment for something that small. Well, and this was an Arturo Fuente Gran Reserva. Ah. So, very um, nice. I'm going to go ahead and say that before I lit this cigar, I liked it because it was an Arturo Fuente Gran Reserva. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to go in you a know. little prejudice, isn't so it? So, unless something goes horribly, horribly right. wrong. Yeah, you're expecting good things. Right, and, it, and it's a Fuente. And I, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give this ghost up right now. This is a cigar that if you buy it, uh, I say I think um, a fifty pack of it is a hundred and fourteen dollars. Right. So that puts it at a under three dollars cigar right. if you buy it bucks, that way. Yeah. If you go buy it at a shop, you're going to pay three to four dollars for one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and 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 get this do this at the at the shop price. So let's just average it to three dollars fifty cents. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'll say that that's how much this cigar is going to cost me. Okay. The appearance was dark brown with veins. This was the Grand Reserva uh, Maduro. Uh, I forgot okay. to write that down on here, but I remembered to say it. Uh, this is the Grand uh, Reserva Maduro, and this was the uh, like I said, four and a half by thirty size. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty small cigar. This is one of those that you get if you want to. Uh, it makes your thumb look really large. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at the picture, that's a man. A, look at the size I of that a thumb. giant man. That thumb is huge, man. <laughs> it sure is, tiny Elvis. I do All that right. sometimes with the the little bottles that you get on the plane. You know, I pretend they're normal sized bottles, and I'm an enormous person. Yeah. <laughs> man, look at the size. That sure is big, tiny Elvis. I don't know why that skit is so funny. That is funny. Uh, so yeah, the appearance was dark brown with veins. Uh, it wasn't like a real smooth uh, uh, tobacco leaf on the outside, but it wasn't unattractive. It was nice to look very tobacco mm-hmm, leaf-like. Mm-hmm. Um, semi-firm overall. Had a little bit of an oily wrapper to it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like it felt like a good cigar. The pre-light sniff was earth, uh, barnyard, very traditional tobacco with a little bit of chocolate um, kind of a flavor going on. The pre-light draw, I used a clip because it has a little kind of a pigtail end on it. Um, the effortless draw on this cigar, uh, chocolate. Sweet cream, dark fruit. It was all very, uh, very warm. Kind now, I will of say sometimes when I have cigars that are that small, I feel like I have trouble really detecting that kind of depth of flavor. This one was you pretty know? obvious. Yeah, and I get what you're saying, and that, that's why one of those things was one of those things on the sniff was tobacco. Just right. there wasn't a lot because right. it's such a small cigar. Absolutely. So I mean, it was just you know the earth and the barnyard were pretty obvious. The tobacco, and then I like when I smelled right at the foot of it, I detected a little bit of chocolate kind mm-hmm. of sweetness. Um, and, and you know, take it for what it's worth. This is what I experienced. You know, you might put your nose to it and be like, "That is definitely mango fruit." You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> mango fruit. chocolate. That smells like kumquat. What are you doing? Um, so uh, the. Uh, yeah, the uh, pre-light uh, draw was just, it was effortless and just all the real kind of darker flavors, and that was really mm-hmm. interesting with the fruity kind of tang to it on the end. And some cigars just have that. It's kind of fun. Uh, the initial light was smooth, sweet, toasty, and coffee. Almost nice. no pepper whatsoever, just super sweet. It wasn't even creamy at the beginning. It was just sweet, you know, which, right, is, right. which is kind of weird, but also kind of good. The first third of this, the coffee comes through kind of big. Uh, sweet creaminess was was uh, right behind that. Uh, a little light pepper on the background and a little toast kind of flavor going mm-hmm. on. Perfect burn on this guy. I mean, you see the pictures, the burn on this yeah. is absolutely fantastic. It looks razor straight. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it burned great. The second third of this, it started developing more of that very classic tobacco 
uh, cigar note, you know, when mm-hmm. you think mm-hmm. this is what a cigar should smell like, a very exactly. Cuban yeah. almost smell mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. it kind of thing. Uh, the coffee was still there. Sweet creaminess was still there. Toast was still there. Light pepper. It's all kind of moving around. It was There was a lot of flavors going on, especially in such a small cigar. And right. I suspect that because it's a small ring gauge, it was all a little intensified while I was smoking it. Sure. The, um, the last third of the cigar, uh, the pepper ramped up a bit towards the end, so it started loading up a little bit in a, in a pleasant way. Coffee and toast were right behind it. The cream kind of backed off. That dark fruit tanginess came back. And uh, and again, perfect burn on this thing. Like I smoked this thing until it was burning my fingers, and uh, and perfect burn on it. Price to quality. If this was three dollars and fifty cents, um, then uh, I give it I give it a five and a half or a six even because I mean, what a great little cigar. And uh, I can't remember. I think I bought it as an individual at a shop, so I probably paid that much for it. I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, but it makes me remember to myself I need to go buy probably a 10 of these or a few of these to have because what a great 20 minutes yes just to just sometimes to go, hey, that's what you've got right you know, and, that's what I got. And, and i want to sit down and enjoy that and i don't always have time to you know have a churchill which is an and, hour and as you've always said you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar so right. better to better to take one that that's its average smoking time right. and enjoy it the way it's supposed to be and enjoyed so my than idea, trying to sort of speed smoke. Right. You know? and my idea was jumping off from uh, when we had Jeremiah on the show, and uh, Adam came in and gave me one of those uh, Cohibas that he got mm-hmm. in the tin. And man, what a great cigar that was, too. So I, I, I just have to remember to buy a few tins of cigars because that's an easy way if you're traveling to keep them in your pocket. They don't get crushed, and you got a cigar that was 20 minutes and great cigars. So. I was I was very happy with it. How about you? Good. Um, I'm on the complete opposite end of the scale. Although I didn't get one of your you know float down the river <laughs> cigars. You didn't get the uh, the asylum <laughs> no, seven I, by seventy. I went with the and I'm almost sure you gave me this cigar. It's been in my humidor for a little while. I went with and I believe you've reviewed this before the Placencia Alma Fuerte the Salomon. Oh yeah, the one that's got the little you know pointed nub mm. uh, 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 foot. And then it's got a tapered, um, um, you know, figurado uh, head. Um, honestly, one of the prettiest cigars I've smoked in a long time. Yeah. It's just absolutely beautiful. I, I'm going to give up this ghost. I, I reviewed it. I love that cigar. I probably yeah. did give it to you because when I love something that much, I want to share you, it. I, I, that's what I thought I remembered. Yes. All right. So, beautiful shape. Look flawless, at that picture, yeah. Flawless dark wrapper. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. If you're if you are into what we jokingly call cigar porn, mm-hmm. you know, which is when you text pictures of cigars back and forth <laughs> to each other, which Ian and I do from time to time, mm-hmm. this is a good one to do that with. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. So it's a Nicaraguan uh, puro, uh, which means the wrapper, binder, and filler tobacco are all from Nicaragua. Uh, and uh, like you would kind of expect from that, it had lots of chocolate and deep, deep earth aromas on the pre-light. I didn't get a lot of pepper on the pre-light, which I thought actually that I might because, you know, Nicaraguan tobacco can have that mm-hmm. pepperiness to it. So I used cigar scissors and snipped the top, uh, lit it up easily. Sometimes those little, you know, tapered foot, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what you call those, like a little belly button uh, thing to light, <laughs> you know. Uh, sometimes those don't light real well. This one lit like beautifully. Well, that's a perfecto uh, yeah. size, and that always has that tapered yeah. foot like it's, that. It's a, uh, uh, it, it just, boom, lit right up. And I got a nice pepper flavor on the first puff. Not too strong, though, but it did kind of hold nice promise for mm. this is going to be a flavorful cigar. I didn't get that 
boom, you know, pepper blast, but it was definitely there. Uh, the earth notes also were evident uh, right off the bat, along with the pepper. What surprised me was as it smoked, this cigar developed a really wonderful creaminess and even a little bit of a light caramel nature. I wasn't expecting creamy in a Nicaraguan puro. A, you know you who know? turned me on to that cigar, by the way? Yeah. Fred over at Maduro's. Uh, I love Fred. Totally what a great turned guy. me on to what that cigar. What a great guy. Uh, this thing was very complex from the beginning and got more and more complex as it smoked. Along the way, I got notes of toast, uh, a nice nutty flavor that also is not always present in a more full-bodied, because this is definitely a full-bodied mm -hmm. cigar. Um, the burn was not razor straight, but it didn't need any tending. It was uh, consistent throughout the whole smoke. I'm going to tell you, a very enjoyable smoke. I mean, super double thumbs up type enjoyable smoke. Now, this is a $20 cigar. Mm -hmm. So first of all, thank you. A very generous <laughs> gift, my friend. Thank you. Um, I, I was going to give it, you know, a, a five. Maybe a five and a half. But I thought about it on the price to quality scale, with a five being you get what you pay for. Because, mm -hmm. man, with a $20 cigar. I'm it's give, tough to get above five when it's a $20 cigar. I'm going to give this one a six. And here's Ooh. why. Because I enjoyed this more than the last $25 Padron wow. that I smoked. I got, and maybe it was a time and place, mm -hmm. admittedly that can factor in. So it's not like I've smoked three of this these is, like they do in the science. magazines. This is right. very subjective. Right, yes. it's very subjective. But I just had such a great experience with this cigar. I was expecting it to be great, and it wound up being even better than I expected. Awesome. I and love this. And that's one of those wonderful times. It's It kind of reminds you, like, this is why I enjoy this hobby so much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not just the... Oh, I gotta have something to smoke. It's like, oh man, this is such a pleasant <laughs> surprise, you know. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a six. I enjoyed it, you know, enough that I think it's worth it. So that means if it's twenty dollars, if I'd paid, and of course this was a gift, but if I'd bought it at twenty dollars, I'd be thrilled. If I'd paid twenty three, twenty four, I'm. I'd been I'd have been okay with that. It was yeah. worth that. It was that kind of a, an uh, experience. So yeah, I uh, Fred turned me on to that one. And then the last <laughs> time I was down at uh, Allen's new place, uh, the oh, Galveston Cigar Lounge. Galveston, yes. Um, and go check them out on Facebook, by the way. And if you're in Galveston, obviously stop by. Uh, but the last time I was down there, I was looking at his humidor. And, uh, and I already smoked one cigar, and I was like, I'm treating myself on the second nice, one. And that's what I grabbed. Nice. They're so good. They're, They're so good. just so good. Well, we will be down there, by the way, doing a show in about a month or so. So we'll oh, less than that. that. Oh, less than that, It's going to yeah. be on the third of next month. Uh, oh, so well. We've got three exciting. weeks now. Oh, very exciting. Yep. That's going to be a lot of fun. Because I haven't seen it yet. I know you've been down there, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, so me and, wife, yet, so me and my wife are going to stay down there for the night uh, just for fun that night, too. We're gonna no, have a good it'll time. be a blast. That will be a blast. All right. We are going to take a quick break, but I need to let you know that there is big controversy, a big cigar controversy surrounding Nick Jonas of the Jonas Brothers. What? What does that mean? We will tell you coming up next. It's Smoking and Toasting, and you are uh, listening to show number 155. Nick Jonas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you say such things.
smoking and toasting, and it is show number uh, show number one hundred and fifty-five. Actually, Adam, I was thinking, and I didn't communicate this clearly enough, but that's where I wanted to use the other bumper music. Can can we just can we just bring it up? Uh, I was going to change Do over. I was going to change up the bumper music and use use a little of this. Feels deep and dark and mysterious, that's, doesn't that's it? That's heavy. I bet that sounds great. With a wine-stained lips, yes, you're nothing but trouble. Little Nick Jonas, ladies and gentlemen. Cold of a touch, but she's warm as a devil. I'm going to do something here. And first of all, I do need to mention you, that we are... You do notice there's no guitar solo on that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, not yet. You never know what could happen later. Um, uh, I do want to mention we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Um, uh, so Nick Jonas, ladies and gentlemen, of the Jonas Brothers, has become... Not to be confused with any of the other Nick Jonas right, out there. Because that's, that's a you know that's a common you know mistake of that people made. Of the Jonas made. Brothers. Yeah, that's a common mistake that people made, is assuming that just any Nick Jonas you might right, meet right. was in the Jonas Brothers, when in fact only this only Nick this Jonas one. was in the Jonas Brothers. But at 30 years old, and that's kind of scary, just thinking that Nick <laughs> Jonas is 30. Um, at 30 years old, he has become the... Oh, actually, I take that back. I don't know that he's 30. What I do know is he's the first person under 30 to appear on the cover of Cigar Aficionado. He is on the cover of the new Cigar Aficionado, smoking a cigar. Okay. And he's a cigar lover. Okay. And his cover on social media got more than 1 million likes in the first 24 hours. And then the PC smoking police descended upon Nick Jonas. <laughs> and he is now in a major controversy. How could he do this? How could he appear on the cover of a magazine promoting smoking and such an unhealthy yeah. lifestyle? How can, how can a yeah. man do whatever right. the heck he wants yeah. to do? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. First person under cigar, he, uh, under 30 years old, he tweeted on September 9th, uh, to hold a cigar on the cover of one of my favorite magazines. So pumped about this. Thank you, Cigar Aficionado Magazine. Issue on newsstand September 24th. He also posted a few pictures from the shoot on his Instagram page. That's where the million likes came from. Did and Instagram then, immediately pull it? Uh, I, I, we all, so I'll tell you who's up in arms about this is the people at Teen Vogue. He's not a teen. I know. He's a 30-ish year old man. And I'm going to I'm going to make an assertion right now. Today's teens don't give a rat's ass about Nick Jonas. He's too old. His There's audience that. is not teens anymore. It's like people who were teens maybe 10, 15 years ago, yeah. right? What what I really like about this idea is and however you feel about Nick Jonas doesn't actually matter in this, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's the fun part. You have a man, and we're not talking about a teen, we're not talking about a boy, we're not talking about a young man, we're talking about a man that's late 20s to 30s, I don't know, how. I have no idea how old he is. Well, let's go with, say he's 30 or close to it, okay? Mm -hmm. This is a 30-year-old man, can smoke a cigar if he wants. As a matter of fact, since the age limit has been raised to 21, I would think that anyone over 21 is perfectly allowed to smoke a cigar if they want to. Mm -hmm. And what place is it for any to tell him how could you well uh, apparently um, 
we're we live in a society today where that's just what people do. You know, the if you are any kind of a celebrity or pseudo celebrity, you've got this huge responsibility to be some sort of a perfect role model and uh, and not do anything. And plus, uh, the people who are calling them out, like again, are, are calling them out based on information they're not even completely. You know, yeah, are these the same people that are yelling at Schwarzenegger? I bet not. Yeah, probably not. You um, know? Um, so do you think they yell at Mel Gibson about his yeah. cigar smoking? Yeah. They so have way said, many more things to yell at him when, about. When is it an achievement to smoke under 30, they were asking. Um, um, I, just, I don't know. To me, I mean, he's been a cigar fan for a while. He's been spotted with cigars uh, many times, going back as far as 2015. By the way, he's almost 27 so that's how old. Oh, gotcha. So close uh, to thirty. Here's yep. an idea for people who don't smoke cigars: don't smoke cigars. Yeah, against smoking cigars. Don't. Smoke I don't one. care if you don't smoke cigar, and right. I don't feel doesn't, like you should care if I do. Doesn't bother me in the least. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that doesn't bother <laughs> me if you don't smoke. So, so here we are doing something that I could have not ever predicted we would do. We are coming to the defense of Nick Jonas. <laughs> you know, to paraphrase the person who. Uh, released that Britney Spears video that got so many hits on YouTube. Leave Nick Jonas alone. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, Nick, I'm sticking up for you. I hope yeah. you've been practicing your guitar. Yeah, practice that guitar. Practice that guitar, yeah. please. Um, so uh, welcome back to uh, Smoking and Toasting. I forgot to mention this in our <coughs> excuse me in our first segment, but Whiskey Sniff 2019 is on. So write this date down in your calendar, Wednesday, November the 6th, the second annual Whiskey Sniff from Smoking and Toasting and our friends at uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant. And that's where it'll be held, B&B in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be in the upstairs area. We are expanding the upstairs now, area. Now, what part the, of the upstairs be... area is that there, Cruz? All of the, the upstairs, upstairs area. area. Yep, yeah, yes. so this is exciting. So it'll be about twice as much space as last year, just mm -hmm. a, little under, a little under twice as much space. Did you ever notice the view of downtown <laughs> from oh, that upstairs wonderful. area? It's wonderful. I mean, yeah, I, I just yeah. love being up there. The fact that we can get up there and smoke and That's sample awesome. whiskeys and do the sniff. The other thing, I don't remember if we've talked about this much or not, but we've improved the whole concept of how you can do the sniff to pair your cigar with your beverage of choice. Everybody's going to have all of the representatives mm -hmm. from the different you know, whiskey companies, and there'll be a few other spirits there as well. Um, we'll all have their Glencairns out in front of the bottle with some of the whiskey poured into the Glencairn mm -hmm. so that you can then sniff. It'll be easier to lift that up and right. sniff. Obviously, they're not necessarily going to want to hand you the bottle of the 30-year-old Balvini. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if it's poured into that Glencairn, it's a little easier for you to do the sniff and and be prepared. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, yeah, and, and those reps are there. You, uh, there's a couple ways you can approach this. You can go around and you can try everything if you want. Or you can mm -hmm. do the whiskey sniff as it's actually intended, which yep. is to start your cigar and then go smell around and see which whiskeys uh, will, will pair with it. Um, the reps are there to talk about their whiskeys, and they want want to talk about their whiskey. Yes. So if you're like, if you're ever walking up to one and you're feeling shy and you're like, I don't know, I don't want to bother the guy. Bother the guy. Yeah, that's what he's that's there why for. He's there. Yeah. And he loves he slash she, whoever. Right, I'm right. not really mm -hmm. trying to be sexist here. Just they love to speak of their product. It's it's it, again, it's like it's like coming and asking us about cigars or whiskey. 
We love talking about that stuff. You can't, yeah. you can't like frustrate us by asking us cigar or whiskey questions. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's a blast. And one of the things <clears throat> as well, like when you speak with these reps, this is such a beautiful thing because uh, especially if you're standing there with their expression and and you try it, and they'll tell you things that you can expect to experience, right. and it'll it, it's it's kind of like bird watching. Sometimes you Except don't see so the bird more until someone points it out. Except so much more delicious. Yeah, it's way more in, delicious than in bird, bird watching. You don't generally get it's, to eat. Don't the don't stare directly up at a bird with your mouth open. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> I just, just let you know. <laughs> you know, there's so much more on this show than you might expect. You can the learn good advice that we can that we can. But the bottom impart. line is, yeah, sometimes you don't see. Uh, you don't see what's going on until someone points it out, and then right. it makes sense. Well, your flavor palette works the same way, and every time you experience that and you talk to these guys and, and you uh, and you learn to uh, look for and to taste these different uh, flavors that go on in these expressions, you're just expanding your palate and getting better and better at it. Mm. I, I really feel like people that were at last year's um, Whiskey Sniff went away from it feeling like it was – some of the most fun that they've had at oh, these yeah, kind of yeah. events before. And so we're opening it up bigger. There'll be more tickets. Tickets are not on sale yet, but they will go on sale soon. We'll give you the information. If you were there last year and you gave us your email, you'll get an email about making sure you can get tickets early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be very exciting. And um, the way that it works is you get a goodie bag when you arrive. Inside that goodie bag, along with some cool stuff from the different uh, – uh, whiskeys and and uh, and bourbons and stuff that are there. Uh, you will also receive a handful of cigars. We don't know what those cigars are. We're working on that, but it sh- it was they were good ones last year. Oh yeah, and they, they should be great this year as well. Um, really uh, excited about you being able to look through your bag, seeing what your choices are, pick the cigar you want to smoke, then you light it. Then, as Ian was explaining, you can go around, sniff the various whiskeys, and see what feels like it may pair up the best. And the, the great thing is, you can try that. You can maybe smoke a third of your cigar, then go see what pairs with the second third of your cigar. That's right. Yeah. And then, and, and then your next cigar, if you uh, if you stick around for more than one cigar, you know. I, please I, do. Oh, when I go to these events, man, I'm going to smoke as many cigars as I can in the time allotted. What's great about the sniff is that. You'll be able to smoke right there at some of the whiskey events, just because of you know where they're held and what time right, of year. Right. They'll have a great smoking lounge, but it's not like right where all the whiskey is. Right. So here, everything will be kind of right close together. You'll be able to actually do the sniff and, and no. And, and then the other thing is, if you're bringing, uh, if someone's with you that doesn't appreciate the cigar smoke as much as you, mm-hmm. there's a whole indoor that will. We have the whole upstairs. Half right, of it's right. in, half of it's out. Right. So there's a whole indoor that will not be smoking. Right. They can hang out. So there you and, can smoke outside. And you can not smoke inside, and if you don't want to be around it, or if you do want to be around it, that's entirely up to you. And we're working on, by the way, having cigar girls who will hold your cigar when you go inside to uh, uh, to do your sniff. <laughs> working on it. Working that's on just it. posh right there. It should be absolutely uh, awesome. All right, coming up on the show, uh, special guest Robert Holt from Southern Draw. Ian was able to... Uh, Get some time and talk with him while he was at IPCPR. We'll be featuring that. And I agree with half of this equation. A set of 95-year-old twins have been asked the secret to their longevity. They've revealed that they credit Guinness and no sex. We'll tell you which half we agree with coming up on the next segment of uh, smoking (laughs) and toast. What's that? Oh, we should try the beer, shouldn't we? 
<laughs> I am so gonna... I, I'm so off today. Okay, we'll we'll take a break after we try the beer. Hang on, I'm if you're gonna twist my arm. <laughs> See, this is why it's good to have a producer. I'd have just sailed on into the next segment. We'd have like tried the, nothing. And I like I'm, that he just looks as. Are, are you gonna try the beer? <laughs> <laughs> well, that answer would be yes. That's our producer getting thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I'm thirsty too. And this looks like it might be a really interesting Pilsner. So uh, this is the Laughing Monk, by the way. The Holy Ghost Pilsner, Laughing Monk Brewing from uh, San Francisco, California. I'm sorry, we're usually more organized than this. I have no idea what's going on here today. But uh, uh, but again, thanks to Adam for keeping us. Smoking and toasting, and they forgot the beer. I did this great tease about the 95-year-old twins, and then we're like, we're still in the same. It's okay. Oh, um, we'll that's make it work. Awesome. So, right off of Mr. Twirly Gig, the Holy Ghost Pilsner. Right, back to Mr. And, what does uh, it say on here? Yeah, what can you tell us, Ian? Government warning. Okay, I think I've read that before. <laughs> right. Has the Craft Beer Alliance logo. Yes, it does. Uh, brewed and can in San mm. Francisco. Nothing nothing about it, really. Na- Laughing Monk Brewing. Holy Ghost Pilsner. Well, holy crap is what I would say. Oh, you've tried it. Yes. Uh, first of all, nice Pilsner nose. I mean, it smells like a Pilsner, but uh, but not too... Um, it does. It has a, a little uh, a little malt, but kind of on mm-hmm. the bright side. Mm-hmm. It is it. very bright, almost like a, a cheerful malt. A cheerful monk. Or a laughing monk. I perhaps. love that. A laughing monk. Um, I think it's I think it's, it's really it good. It smells it's not a big nose, but it's very pleasant. But it's got it's got enough malt and enough just Interesting Pilsner bitterness to make it interesting from a flavor standpoint. Mm. There's uh, there's a biscuity breadiness to it that mm-hmm. I really like a doughy kind of um, bready kind of flavor. That's you know, really good. on last week's show we covered a story about a lot of um, a lot of people from different beer companies. A lot of brewmasters and stuff were surveyed, asked about what they think are the best trends in craft beer right now. Right now, and right one of the now. things, and one of the things that they, uh, a lot of them seem to agree on, was uh, a lot of the craft breweries really getting into pilsner and and really developing yeah. great craft pilsner. And as we know, pilsner is actually a little more difficult to brew than an ale. Yeah, so it takes a little more time. Well, it's more delicate. It's yep. like uh, it's it's like uh, making crepes. You have to you have to be a little more delicate with it. Mm. This is delicious. And this is it's, not like bird watching. No, this is. Not. <laughs> No, it's not. I will tell you that this has got um, – it's refreshing enough that you could still get that sort of crushable hot summer day vibe mm-hmm. going on it. But it feels like it's got a little more – what is the ABV – does it say the ABV on the can? doesn't. I'm going to – Oh, it does. I'm gonna 5. Guess it to be, I was going to say I was going to guess it to be 4.5 to 5, but uh, 5.2. I really should have shut up until you guessed. Yeah, you probably should have, yes, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm just learning how to do this. Hey, well, listen, I've I only done this 155 I, times, okay? I forgot to taste the freaking beer on the segment. So, uh, you know, it's just this is definitely uh, being one of those shows. And that's you know, okay. at 155 episodes, and that's the first time we've done that, Yeah, I think we're doing okay. All right, well, uh, certainly we've given our critics something more to ramble on about, so I'm looking <laughs> so forward I, to it. So I will tell you, Laughing Monk's uh, Holy Ghost... Uh, this is fantastic. It's good. I really do like it a lot. Yeah. Yes, uh, and we've had several great uh, pilsners and um, uh, and and have we had yeah pilsners and lagers? Yeah. Yeah. I guess oh, yeah. on, on the show. It's, it's and, been a trend. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, and it's really been um, kind of impressive, actually, the craft nature of these things because. When I think of a pilsner, I'm comparing it to, uh, you know, a Miller Lite, mm-hmm. for example. And uh, this is 
you know, I'm not Doug and Miller Lite, but this is a far superior taste experience. Well, I will tell you, this is not, uh, to my knowledge, all available anywhere near here. But if you're in the San Francisco area, I would definitely pick some of this yeah, up. Absolutely, and it's definitely worth, uh, you know, maybe looking for on the internet. Because this is this is just a stick-on label on the can, so obviously this is. If you are looking though to experience, it's one of the reasons I'm glad we're doing some of these on the show. Because mm-hmm. if you're looking to experience a better Pilsner. You know, than what you might get in the blue box at the end of the aisle on your uh, local convenience oh, yeah. store. Um, this is definitely one of those, mm-hmm. and I recommend it highly. All right. Uh, Ian, there's a pair of 95-year-old twins, and they have credited their longevity to two things. And I'm in total agreement with them about one of them. We'll be back to discover that. I, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. <laughs> This is the weirdest segment we've ever done on the show. Like 155 episodes. And our, this was the our weirdest segment. Our next segment is not going to start at all. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it was the segment about Nick Jonas. So, you know, shit happens. <laughs> In our defense, this thing will start out. <laughs> I had someone on the uh, someone on the notes wanting to know if Nick Jonas was going to come become part of our regular bumper music rotation. On the show. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to we'll have to think about that. So, all right, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Only I'm if sorry. he practices. Oh his my guitar. god! See, I just scrolled far enough down on the story to get a look at the twins, the ninety-five year old twins, and so uh, this is kind of like um, you know your basic. Uh, you're basic shouldn't do this on the show, but I will show this photo in just a moment. I do need to credit our sponsors. We are brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. These guys make amazing, amazing cocktails. They have a great bar, and wow, the food. That aged beef, the bacon, uh, uh. Try the bacon. It's killing me. Right now. All right, so I mentioned to you that a pair of 95-year-old twins has... <laughs> they've revealed the secret to their longevity. This is officially the weirdest show we've ever done. <laughs> uh, they've revealed the secret to their longevity, and it is two things. It's Guinness and... I, I, I hate all haunt. It's Guinness. Yes. And no sex. And so, Ian, since you have a more direct uh, line to a camera than I do, since you're a, a little closer, I think, I'm going to have you show the photo of the ladies to the camera. The This is the twins right here from the story. I had not seen this photo when I referenced the story earlier. Oh, come on. Stop that. <laughs> so... Um, so I'll have to read the danger cam. I have to read a little further to find out if the, uh, if the no sex was like, um, you know, by choice or, uh, if it's just the way that it worked out, but they're, they're they're 95 years old. Yeah, exactly. And their and their secret is Guinness and no sex. Yes. I mean, that means they could have stopped having sex 50 years ago. Yeah, right. Could have had a lot of it up until fifty right. years ago. Right, so it, like yeah. like fifty years of no sex is having no sex, right? Yes, right, right. 
Well, uh, they're identical twin sisters. They're Lillian and uh, Lillian Cox and Doris Hobday. They're Britain's oldest twins. In July, they turned ninety-five, and according to Lillian. A big key to living a long life is no sex and plenty of Guinness. Although, the pair do admit that eating raw sausage is something that keeps things spicy. Raw I don't, I don't make this up, by the way. I don't make this up. <laughs> Just a link of sausage and spread it on your be- bread, she said, uh, to the host of a Good Morning uh, segment on British TV. It's Bruh. nice, or I can just... Uh, Cut one and two, and then uh, and then eat it that way. Uh, I don't know what to say about this entire thing. All right, but I, I am going to have to have you show this photo as well because that one just makes it worthwhile. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh well, look! It, uh, sorry, Ian, oh, it went sorry, back. Uh, so hold on, I'll find it for you. Uh, it'll be easier than you um, trying poking to around out. on your stuff, yeah, trying, trying to figure, figure out where the hell it went in my. Uh, uh, there we go. All right, there you go. There's the ladies. With their Guinness, so which that I suppose is, is better than a photo of them not having sex. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, that is that is kind of both. Uh, at the is, same you're right. Time, that right? is both at the same time. So, so now, you would think though, if you're having lots and lots of Guinness, that that might lead to. Uh, well, I, I, I can't. I, they're twins. I can't. Twi- yeah, you can't even go. This there. is get. This is getting entirely <laughs> too weird. I don't know what to a, say. Again, the strangest show ever. We are, we got to <laughs> one fifty five before we before this happened. So we've uh, just so lost. I can't work like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were listening to smoking and toasting, ladies and gentlemen. Unless you've confused us with another show. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we will be talking about the best scotch for whiskey newbies. That is uh, coming up. Plus, there's big news in the cigar legislation fight. So we're going to get to that. We're also going to taste some tequila. But if we could focus our attention on Mr. Twirly Gig for a moment, I want to show you Big Tom. This is Big Tom. Wait for it. Big Tom Wait of for it. Big Tom's Milkshake IPA. Wait for it. I'm waiting for it to come around on Mr. Twirly Gig. Yep, yep. And there you go. There you go. There's Big Tom. Big Tom on the twirly gig. Big Tom, who looks as if he may have had a milkshake or two in his life, but mostly he just looks happy. And I think that's that's the most important thing. I don't know what the hat is about. I don't know if it's some sort of a religious thing or if it's just his happy-to-be-serving-you-ice-cream hat. But uh, this is a milkshake IPA, and I'm pretty excited uh, for us to taste this. Ian, uh, what can you tell us about what's on the can there? Well, first. Yes. Wow. That seemed a little more pronounced than normal. That was interesting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It has quite the aroma. Yeah, I bet it does. I bet it does. Like, that is not hard to smell. Uh Uh-huh. And does it smell like a milkshake? Let's see. I'm going to leave that one up to you. Yeah, I can see where that comes from. It's got a little of that sort of malty uh, smell. Not malty in a traditional beer way, but uh, more malty as in a malt shop sort of way. Big Tom's milkshake of the month, blood orange creamsicle. Yeah, you can smell that. Yeah, you definitely can pull it. all over. Well, the place. what's it smells like sherbet. I have a feeling that this particular brewery, I don't know this for certain, but I have a feeling that they may do a different milkshake IPA every month. So this one is blood orange and collaboration with Eastside Big Tom, the oldest mm-hmm. drive-through in Washington. Mm. So that would be why it's Big Tom's milkshake. Wow. Let's see. India Pale Ale brewed with lactose, blood oranges, and vanilla. Oh, and vanilla. Nice. Yeah, 7.2. Well, you can definitely pull both those things out in the flavors. I can tell you that. I'm anxious for you to taste this, Ian, because 
I want to know what you think. Uh, this I love juicy IPAs, and this is this is certainly one of those. The the milkshake part I think makes it even more delicious. Well, um, you know, we had that but, one uh, um, on a while back that had the flavored uh, IPAs. They were from. Uh, yes, um, from our our friends. Uh, was it Ingenious uh, uh, or was it? Um, yes, yes, it was Ingenious. Yeah, they that was so good. They had a milkshake IPA, I believe, in theirs. It was uh, all their IPAs were just so delicious, and this reminds me actually of that style. This is of IPA, dreamy. It is, isn't it? Well, you know, if you think about the whole vibe that you get from a creamsicle, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's like that turned into a beer, but instead of it being. Orange creamsicle, which is kind of what you usually expect. This has got more of that blood orange, so it's a yeah. deeper taste. So it's, so it's yeah, it's a deeper, a little more uh, on the bitter side, mm-hmm. yes. and then the bitter hops. But then it's sweet, so mm. it so it finishes off that hops. And um, I'm going to be real honest with you, it's delicious. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's delicious. I don't know how easy this would be to track down uh, because the brewery Where's is in Olympia, magnets? Olympia, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Three magnets, but if three magnets is available where you are, or if you find these guys, you know, on the internet and are able to get uh, to get where uh, get their beer to you, you should definitely do so. Brewed and canned by Three Magnets Brewing Company, mm-hmm. uh, six hundred Franklin. It's a little hard to read this because of the print. Yeah, it's Olympia, Washington, I think. But it says it literally says just off of I five. Mm. So just minutes off of I five. I'm not saying it's a very local can, apparently, but yeah. But I th- I think this is, I think though, and and if anyone is familiar with Three Magnets, you might correct me on this, but uh, I believe that they do a different milkshake IPA every month or every quarter or whatever, and uh, it's a milkshake series. So this would be one of the milkshake IPAs in the series. This for these is really guys. good. Yeah, it really is. I, I love the. The bitterness of the blood orange mm-hmm. kind of juxtaposed against the sort of sweet creaminess of the milkshake IPA vibe. You, you know, get, we keep saying milkshake, and I get that it says that on there, but it has a very sherbet kind of taste to it. Well, again, I think that's kind the blood orange, yeah. you know? yeah. Uh, maybe that is. Maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then the creaminess that, that sherbet has comes from the milkshake side mm-hmm. of this, probably. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It's really good. Uh this is one, I don't know if I could crush a couple cans of it, but it sure no, would be nice to I have agree. one once in a while. Yeah, and this Because it's one very to, rich. And it'd be one to share with people, too. Right, yeah. Like, so like, as a as a pass around, this is a mm-hmm. great, yeah, great. Very, very much so. Very much so. Well, um, there's big news in the um, cigar legislation fight, and I want to pass this along. Uh, in a couple of weeks, by the way, our good friend Trey Boring, uh, who is with both Cigars for Warriors, mm-hmm. an organization we support in a huge way, and Cigar Rights of America, the other organization, another organization we support in a huge way. Uh, and he pays a lot of attention to the legalities on this stuff, so he will bring us really up to speed at that point. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, one of the things that seemed very um, ominous for those in the cigar uh, world, in, in the cigar industry, um was the um, FDA refusing to postpone the cigar warning rule. So the FDA wants to require premium cigar companies to put larger health warning labels on all their packages. They've yet to finalize the details of their own policy, but they wouldn't put it off. So what was happening here was it was going to force the cigar companies into a situation where they might have already made their packaging – 
that was going to be going out on. But then, if they decided, uh, if the FDA decided what that what yeah. those guidelines were going to be, that's the wrong font, too late, there, buddy. Right, they'd have to go back and basically lose the money from all the packaging they created and redo it. So a judge, a DC federal judge, has ruled that this delay is unfair to the cigar industry. Uh, it's about time report, someone said yeah. something's mm-hmm. unfair to the cigar That's industry. That's right. Uh, they said there's something unfair about the refusal the refusal to push off the effective date of the rule while it mulls new evidence, uh, making it making an industry expend millions of dollars to hurry up and rush to comply while the agency could still change its mind. Yeah, to hurry up and rush to mm-hmm. comply on a big question mark? Yeah. The FDA was given authority to regulate the cigar industry in 2016, and one of its major mandates was this requirement for larger health warning labels that cover at least 30% of the cigar box. Now, you've seen some of the big cigar companies already go to huge, yeah. huge warning labels, but there's no set deadline for those warnings to appear, and the FDA remains undecided on many of the particulars for the warnings. While they're reevaluating their own policy and reconsidering details such as you know how broad the rules should be, whether there's any evidence that Premium cigars pose less of a health risk than other tobacco products, and so on and so on. So the cigar industry sued to block these warnings, uh, and this is part of two different legal cases against the FDA that the cigar industry is involved in, both of which are before Judge Meta of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. And this is the judge that decided that it's unfair for the uh, FDA to refuse to postpone the cigar warning while not giving the cigar people the the cigar companies the information. So basically, this is I say it's good news and it is, but it's not good news in sort of a landmark way that really affects what the ultimate decisions will be. It's good because it writes a wrong that was happening. It's good during, stupid news during the process. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, stupid like, loss. It's so yeah. Yeah. stupid in the first place. Like this is yeah. This is such a cluster. Yes. I'm sorry. It certainly it's is. Such a so, cluster. So you know this saying? is so bizarre. A guy just appeared uh outside our window and we're on the third floor here. He just <laughs> appeared outside our window like in some sort of a moving trash can. I don't know what he's I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is officially the weirdest show we've ever done. This is definitely the most bizarre. <laughs> the most bizarre. And we've had Jeremiah on a number of times. That's so, true. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's it just goes to show you. I, so, you know that whole like the thing is the the thirty percent of the packaging being a warning label. Okay, are you kidding me? No, no. What I want them to do is to require that for McDonald's. Oh, they totally should. Yes, and they should do that with the whole building. Actually, mm-hmm. like McDonald's, Burger King, all those places yeah. should have thirty percent of their building should be thirty percent of their building should be yeah. a health warning. Yeah. Okay, I I just don't. Get I like it. this I is so unbelievably ridiculous. Coca Cola mm-hmm. should have to follow that advice. Right. It's got right? sugar in it. It's got yeah. sugar in it. You can't buy a big one in New York because it's well, bad it's for you. That's thank true. you, Nanny State. Yeah, thank you, PC Police. Thank you. You know, and uh, I, I'm just gasoline. You should have to put that. One third of your car should have to be a gasoline warning <laughs> because you can't put it on the gasoline itself. Oh, you man. should actually have to put this on the inside of your eyelids if you do smoke cigars. There you go. Like this is that's how stupid this is. I it's like unbelievable that. Inside of your that they go through this and they take a beautiful cigar box, which of course is obviously 
a nice wooden classic cigar box mm-hmm. is marketed directly to 16-year-olds. Yes, of course. Every cuz you know every 16-year-old loves that old they style them. that old style Spanish artwork. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't right, know. Uh, right. And that's only because Nick Jonas collects them. That's right. It's, I'm it's, making all this up by the way. It's Nick Jonas's fault. <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm getting to here on the program. So, oh, all right. He? Uh, so let's take a break. But before we do, uh, did we try the beer? Uh, yeah, I think we're through. We that did now. try the beer. Okay. We, got, we got another segment. All right. Up. So we are going to take a break, and we will return when we come back. Uh, Ian's interview with Robert Holt from Southern Draw, uh, a fine cigar company. So I'm anxious. To we're, see yeah, this. we're that's we're going to do that in an attempt to normalize this. Uh, yeah, we're going to do everything we can. But remember, this was Ian at IPCPR, so all bets are it off. It did get weird. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Yeah. I didn't see it until I turned around. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I still see his head over here. Welcome back, my friends. It's smoking and toasting. The weirdest show we've ever done. Show number 155. Uh, we'll be talking about the best scotch for whiskey newbies. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about um, tequila uh, because we're going to be trying some Tierras Organic Añejo Tequila uh, from Jalisco, Mexico. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the best Japanese whiskey to drink right now. And uh, we'll be talking cigars right again. Now. Because Ian talks cigars with uh, uh, Southern Draws. Robert, Robert Holt. Holt. In Man, fact, what a nice guy. Are we uh, ready with that, uh, Adam? Okay, so let's so let's do that now. Here's Ian's conversation with Robert Holt from IPCPR this year. Smoking Joseph here with Robert Holt at IPCPR. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. Tell me what's new and awesome. This booth looks great. Hey, first of all, thanks for coming by. Second of all, we made it. What does that mean? We made it five whole years here at IPCPR Southern Draw, that little family brand from Texas. That's great. It's uh, started by veterans. We are. We are. And pretty much everybody in this room is either a veteran uh, or a spouse of a veteran, right? So we all know that our service families, uh, they all uh, they all serve with us, right? So we're honored. We've got uh, quite a few branches here between the family, and most people know that uh, between the Army, the Navy, Air Force, and Marines, we got it covered here at Southern Draw. come from a military family myself. wasn't in, but my father and both my brothers were in. Nice, nice, nice. As well. So tell me about the new release here today, the one I have in my hand I'm about to smoke. Oh, let me just take it. Go ahead. Well, we made it five years. That was the original. Kudzu was the original Southern Draw blend of herbs and spices. What did we do for the five-year? We went into the vintage cellar and we found a media tiempo habano from Nicaragua. It's an expensive tobacco. That's not a marketing term. I'm going to tell you, this is tough to get for the little gringos, right? Uh, we got an Omatepe binder in that, and we've got all Nicaraguan fillers. I tell you what, it's a nice medium, medium plus cigar. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it tastes like because it's new and it's a limited release, but I tell you what, this is the lustrum. And for those of you that don't know what lustrum means, lustrum in Latin and in old Roman times means a five-year period. So this vintage cigar from Southern Draw in the Bellicosa format was released today only to current retailers of Southern Draw that carry our full line. So we wanted to give them a little thank you for supporting us and our family. And that's what we started the day with, the Lustrum. Well, so I'm from Houston, also from Texas. You're from Texas as well, That's right. right? We're Austin-based. Austin-based, great. Yeah, I've loved the Cedrus is one that I pick up every time I go into the shop. Well, good news about that. Uh, first of all, Phil and Shelley are in the booth. They are Cedrus. They're the Hogan, so a little honor to them. And at the end of this month, we begin shipping the Robusto, Toro, and Gordo of the Cedrus. I'm very much looking forward to that. Thank you for your time. I'm honored, brother. Awesome. 
I like that dude. Uh, he's he just cool. yeah yeah he's just, he's just, just so fun he's yeah he's got a great vibe about him so absolutely absolutely he was uh, uh you know he was so friendly and uh and they were so professional at the booth I uh, I actually had to sign up for a time on that and, and I told him I said man I said don't worry about it he goes he goes man I'll give you five fifteen minutes whatever you need just sign up for it I said I'll tell you what I'll sign you up for fifteen I'll use three you get a break <laughs> <laughs> that's good that totally worked that totally worked hey the uh, California State Assembly some other cigar uh, legislation news that's uh, that's not so great. Uh, they have approved a complete smoking ban on all beaches and parks in the state of California. Now, this reminds me of what you're all f- always, you know, fond of saying about California: is yes. that you can smoke anywhere you want to, as long as it's not inside or, or outside. outside. Yes, yeah. But I will tell you, the last time uh, we were in, my wife and I were in California, we um, were, you know, standard hotel. There was no place really to smoke at the hotel so uh we had rented a convertible for the trip we're like okay we'll just go so we like drove out uh, found a nice little park just pulled up to the side of the curb where we weren't bothering anybody in the park put the top down on the convertible enjoyed having a smoke right sat and Uh listened to music and talked and just had a wonderful time that's now illegal yep think about that it's amazing it's illegal but you can smoke weed. Oh, yeah, of course you can. Now, uh, in fairness, this smoking ban in the parks doesn't say that weed would be allowed. It doesn't say that it's limited to tobacco. So maybe weed I wonder would if be... You, I wonder if you can vape on the beach. Uh, I don't know. See, vaping's proving to be the most dangerous thing of all. Have you seen all the stuff that's come out this week uh-uh. about it? Yeah, vaping. Uh, there's Suddenly there's all these deaths from like... Uh, deaths from like e-cigarettes and stuff uh, so it's like um you know it's i don't know i'm just look i believe you the information's important find it read it know what you're dealing yeah. with but if you're an adult and you're not bothering other people shouldn't you be able to kind of smoke them if you got them it just doesn't make any sense to me why do we feel it's our need to interfere in the lives of people who aren't bothering us. It's, we have to have laws about it. Why? Because that's the way it is. Smoking, because that's, people who smoke cigars are actually the devil. Oh, that's it. I see. That's, that's, it. that's what happens. Well, that's good to know. Right? Now, the nice thing is it's legal to smoke weed. So you can smoke weed in most places you can't smoke cigars. Right. You're on the street in California? But if, but if you smoke a cigar. In Beverly Hills? You might be the devil. Yeah, you might be. It might be. So we can only hope that some of this cigar legislation rolls the right way. I just, you know, the curious thing is how many laws can they wrap around a cigar? Right. Like, unbelievable. A cigar. This is a natural product. Right. Made from leaves from a plant grown in the soil. Um, The legal smoking age is now 21. Right. So you have to be a full adult. Now, this is... This, by the way, is three years after you can decide uh, your entire career path or if you want to join the Army um, or uh, vote for uh, you know offices in the government. Um, mm-hmm. Three years after you're allowed to do that, drive a car, which, mm-hmm. by the way, kills more people per year than almost anything. You could, And you can make an argument that younger drivers uh, oh, probably yeah, yeah. are involved in a larger percentage of those accidents. Right, right, too. right. So... Uh, but you can do all that, but you got to wait till you're 21 to smoke a cigar. Yeah. And be the devil. 
realize that it's easier in many places to walk into a store and purchase a gun than it is to have a cigar out back of that store. Think about that. Oh, you can buy a gun when you're 18 as far as yeah. I know. Yeah. But you can't smoke a cigar. Now, that being said, I like guns. Yeah, I'm a big fan. This isn't about guns. Um, I'm just talking. I'm just pointing about so, the absurdity <laughs> of a gun versus a cigar. You know, and guns still don't kill as many people as cars. Yeah, we give those to 16 year olds or, or cigars. Apparently, depending, <laughs> so depending I, on I who you know. talk to. Like, yeah, like none of this makes sense. Somebody's making laws that don't make sense, and it's yeah. it's so unbelievable. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know what? I I think I feel like I need a tequila. You know, I think that would be good for both of us at this point. The way this show has gone, which I don't feel like we've had a bad show today, but it's certainly been weird. It's been weird. It's been a weird one. You know, Brian says that uh, what's weird is the number of times you said weird. That's weird. That is weird. That is weird. I would say that's a weird thing. Weird. It's weird to say weird a lot. So, <laughs> do we have some, we have some cups? We okay. do have some cups. So this is a tequila that I bought several weeks ago <laughs> to bring on the show. You've worked this one and, over, too. Uh, I, 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 you know... Uh, have not been able to stay out of it, so you, you, I have already tasted. You this, have but, had a talking to with this tequila. But I if will, you'll I the will taste it with you and try to be as objective. I have to put my possible. hand back here just so people can read the words because well, there's it's, no liquid right, behind it. Right, it's Tierra's. Uh, it's an organic tequila. Now, I would have guessed that pretty much all tequila would be organic, but apparently, um, the guys that um, nice the guys that distill uh, Tierra's take uh, take great pains actually to. Um, make their, um, you know, their entire distillery, their grounds, the place where the agave, the agave is grown, make it all as organically um, oriented as possible. So it really is something that they, they don't even use cement in the building because yeah, that's right. not organic. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pass that over to Adam. But um, this is a tequila. I, I picked this up at my local uh, Specs downtown. There were only three bottles on the shelf, and the um, the the uh, guy in the tequila aisle who's always a little more helpful sometimes than I want him to be. Uh, but he did give me an important piece of information on this. He said those were the only three bottles they had left. So apparently they got a, a small, smaller shipment. It had sold really, really well. So it made me curious about this. And I'm sure they'll get it back in stock, and I'm sure you can find it other places. But it made me really curious about this particular tequila. Uh, this is an Añejo, and it was not super expensive. In fact, I want to say it was about... $42 for the bottle. Whereas a good bottle of, say, the Skelly that we like that's mm -hmm. been a favorite here on the show, that's around about 53 54 yep, yep. at this point. Uh, and most times by the by the time you get to the Añejo, you're north of 35 bucks usually. It's usually uh, it's usually 45 to 55 depending on the company and, and what you got. So, so I have a recipe. Yeah? You start with vanilla. Yeah. And you apply a bunch of agave flavor, agave mm -hmm. nectar to that. And then you sprinkle liberally some pepper in there. Mm -hmm. That's and, and, and then make the whole thing buttery. I'm so glad you said butter. That's that's what this is. Because this, this is, is one of the butteriest tequilas yes. I've ever tasted. This is pepper and butter and vanilla and agave. So this reminds me a lot of the Skelly Añejo, which we've had here on the show, and we reference a lot because we like it so much. 
and because it's so easy to drink. Yeah. This reminds me of that with maybe just a little more of a pepper profile. Well, this this has a little more pepper profile and a little more of bite to it overall, mm-hmm. which uh, is not bad, depending on what you like in a drink. The Skelly is definitely smooth, yeah. smooth, smooth, like yes, silky smooth. Is. This has a little more bite, and some people like a little more bite in their drinks. <laughs> um, uh, Wiki Brian says Cruz has been doing his due diligence with this <laughs> bottle of tequila. You are correct, sir. I certainly. Well, here's the problem. After I opened it, you know, because I, I don't was, know if you're winning, but you're going the distance. I was getting, uh, I was <laughs> getting really curious about it because I bought it several weeks ago, and we had something else scheduled on the show, and then I brought it, uh, not realizing uh, that we had a, a guest, and so. It, I've had it for a little while, and once I opened it and sampled it, it was awfully easy to drink. Man, that's more than curious. That's curious as yeah. I'm just saying. I, I, well, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I'll take ownership of that. Yes, that's uh, that's. Uh, in fairness, it hasn't been all me, but uh, you know, my wife sampled a little bit of it. We've had a guest or two that's taken some, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, it's been it's been put to some use, but uh, but here's how here's what I can assure you: this holds up well, and I'll tell you one more. And it's not just because of the alcohol properties of the tequila. This is one of those where, like, the second glass you pour yourself is actually better than the first. Like your palate kind of warms up right, to the right. flavors in a way that makes that second glass even better. Uh, you know, it's, it's I, this is a high recommendation for me. I like this a lot. This is quite good. I like the pepperiness in mm-hmm. this because uh, the peppery, the pepperiness is the pepper flavor without being super spicy. Yes, um, there is a little of the feeling of spicy because of the alcohol bite, mm-hmm. but it's not the peppery spicy that lingers. Correct. Um, in your in your mouth, you know, like like if you eat something real peppery, and then a little while later, your mouth's still burning a little. This is not like that at all. It's peppery flavor with an alcohol bite to give it the spice in a very pleasant way, and then butter and vanilla. It's, it's so buttery. A, it's got a little more of the vanilla than some of the lighter, yep. butterier uh, tequilas, but it just feels like this must have rested in the barrels for a while. Well, what I'm surprised about with this, uh, and I have some limited experience with tequilas, but. Uh, Usually, when you have a as big a pepper profile and as big a vanilla profile, you don't get the butter. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the butter in this stands up, mm-hmm. and I mean, like people out there are like butter. You mean like butter, like some kind of weird? No, it literally has a buttery flavor to it. It's like butter, it's, yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> it is like um, butter. Yeah, this is this is really nice. I'm I'm going to tell you that I really this has made it into my. New uh, like upper tier rotation, like maybe my top three or four. Nice. Like this is going to be one I will, if I can continue to find it, I'll always have this in the bar. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I still especially need to go pick at up that some price. Skelly. Oh man, you know what though? You know what my problem is? I walk into a, um, I walk into a, a liquor store like Specs or uh, equivalent, and um, and I always walk down the the uh, whiskey aisles. And mm-hmm. I don't even See, think because you're a whiskey guy, and so, I understand. I that. don't even think about tequila. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I find my rum, uh, my wife uh, wandering over by the rum, mm. and so we do actually have a few rums at the house. But I just, you know, I just don't go down to tequila. I just never think of it. Mm. And then you bring in this wonderful tequila, and I try it, and I like it. But well, tequila is still probably my favorite of all the spirits. I just love it. I mean, I just there's something about a great. Sipping tequila that goes to me with a cigar. 
so beautiful. Okay, so, well, tequila is one of the few spirits, and rum is like this a lot, too, that it will go with a cigar. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to find one that doesn't, and it's hard to find a bad pairing. Some pairings are better than others, but it's hard to find a pairing that doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if your cigar is too powerful, it may beat up your uh, spirit uh, a little bit, but other than that, I, I think you'd have a hard time pairing those. That's one of the reasons why... Beer gets a little more uh, persnickety like that. It's a little more yes. particular because some of the IPAs, that bitterness, mm-hmm. doesn't blend well with uh, cigars. Sometimes um, sometimes too much tart will not blend well with cigars. And uh, there, there are certain uh, certain beers that don't. And whiskey's kind of the same way. Like, if you have an incredible, like, Lafrague is beautiful. But it is very, very peaty. And what happens is only certain cigars will blend with that flavor, and you can't find anything that goes with it. They either have to blend together or they, or they don't. don't. Right? You know. Um, Whereas because, with, with this, like I can think of this going with most of the cigars, right? In my even down to the because very the lighter vanilla, cigars, yeah, right? Up to even mm-hmm. the more powerful cigars, because the way the flavors would fit around each other, right? Because of the vanilla in the flavor profile. And the way that the sort of butteriness and the pepper sort of work mm-hmm. together to make the pepper like noticeable and tangy on the tongue, but not overpowering in a way that sort of transcribes itself to the cigar. Uh, yeah. it, it winds up working alongside it instead, and it, it works really, really well. I have yeah. to tell you, by the way, just sitting here after I've already finished mine because. Well, mm. you should certainly pour more. Um, <laughs> I think I will. Um, because that's not weird, is it? No, We're normalizing. No. And now. besides, on this show, nothing's weird. Nothing, nothing's weird. Uh, no, no, but what I'm really, tradition. what I really enjoy about this, we keep talking about the pepper and the butter and the vanilla hit you up front so mm-hmm. so hard. But what I'm really enjoying is after you finish uh, a few sips of it, the retrohale, like just yes. the aftertaste that's in mm-hmm. your nose, is so so nice. Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's not as vanilla; it's pepper and butter mm-hmm. on the nose, and the vanilla is all in the flavor. The yeah. vanilla is really in that flavor in in the f- sort of first blush of the flavor, and then right after you swallow, there's a little vanilla finish right. that gets kind of overtaken by the butter and and pepper. Right, and then again, there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of what I like to call the whiskey hug, although this is tequila. Uh-huh. The heat that comes back a little bit has this great pepperiness to it, but again, it's not a sp- like it it tastes like black pepper, but it's not spicy like black the pepper. The people of Mexico are huggers, I can tell you this. So wow. the tequila hug's a real thing. The tequila hug. It's, it's a thing. real thing. There you go. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> thing. I'm just telling you. The tequila uh, hug in this is really nice and warming. All right, I tell you what, rather than shift gears, because we have a couple of whiskey things to talk about, rather than shift gears and follow all this tequila talk with whiskey talk, uh, let's put both of those in our final segment, and we will be back for that, because in addition to a couple of uh, things whiskey, which we're going to talk about uh, not only the uh, right uh, scotch for whiskey newbies, uh, but also the best Japanese whiskey to drink right now. Right now. Um, we'll talk about both of those things. And we'll taste our final beer, which is Lone Pine Brewing's Tornado Shark American Strong Ale. Coming up in our final segment on the strangest smoking and toasting ever. I didn't know it would get that much attention, how much the attention was. On the beach in Hawaii, 
Welcome back to the Nick Jonas edition of Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 155, and we are glad you're here. We're brought to you by um, the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, who not only allow but uh, actually sponsor this nonsense. Uh, they are at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and uh, they're taking over the world. So even if you're someone who listens to us you know, in a place that's far from Houston or Dallas, you're going to, you know, eventually, eventually, yes, have a BB in your orbit. I promise you that they are, they are moving quickly and decisively to conquer the world of the restaurant. Uh, welcome back, and I, Ian, uh, you know, we've talked about this right now thing in the headlines. Mm-hmm. How you can take any headline, you know, every time you say right now, I want to click on something. Well, okay. Go ahead. Like that makes me want to hit a. Oh right, oh, right, exactly, exactly. But I, I think I've discovered why. Right now wasn't a part of this headline, and I was expecting it to be. I actually added it on there myself because it almost felt like it was missing. I see it's all in capitals, right? right? right uh, but so the article is the best Japanese whiskey to buy. It actually says here in 2019, which I think was a grave error on the part of these writers. They should have said the best whiskey to because buy. Because 2019 is, is right now. Right now, yeah. But I think I've discovered why. It's from The Sun, which is a British newspaper. And, you know, uh, the Brits are a little more reserved. You can't say right now in, yeah. that, in a British voice right. like that. It doesn't have the same like, impact. I can't even fake that accent. It doesn't even have the right same now. impact yeah. as that sort of monster truck right now, mm-hmm. you know, American thing. So mm-hmm. maybe the Brits are just... Some, yeah, some things, some things are a little lost in translation. <laughs> well, Japanese whiskey right now is having a moment. I mean, it's actually... Right. No. It has uh, right, right. See, I was going to say you know right that, that now, reminds me, but of that. that's terrible. That's not even British. It reminds me yeah. of the Simpsons when the, the uh, when uh, uh, Schwarzenegger has the <laughs> vocal coach and yes. he's going up and at them, up and at them. <laughs> he just keeps saying <laughs> up and at them, up and at them. <laughs> that's exactly what it would so be funny. like. No, that's that's great. <laughs> I was reminded of uh, how even right though now. even though the Simpsons has gotten to be basically just a uh, a shadow of its former self it's still one of the funniest things on TV <laughs> like how does that happen and that's how good it was you know right that it has been able to kind of like decline over the years and how bad TV and still is be, yeah, right and, now right now so uh the best Japanese whiskey in 2019 or Right now, right now, um, according to the Sun uh, uh, from uh, from the UK, um, they have sourced out in several categories. Best Japanese whiskey for highballs. Right now, they are going with the Suntory whiskey Toki. They say it's a lighter type of Japanese whiskey. Uh, it blends together malts uh, from uh, Yamazaki, from Hakushu, and the Chita Distilleries, and it's aged in American white oak casks with the nose of apple, basil, and honey, and notes of vanilla oak. Uh, Toki means time in Japanese, but that's the one they're suggesting to use if you want to use a Japanese whiskey to make your drinks with, to make your cocktails, make your highballs. The best bold flavor. FYI, by the way, yes. those lighter whiskeys like that. You're, yeah, they're lighter talking about Japanese that apple uh-huh. uh, kind of uh, profile. That's yes. going to be your Connecticut wrapper cigars and things like that are going to go very they're well. They're going to go well that, with yes. that. The lighter profile cigars mm-hmm. are going to go with that lighter profile whiskey. And we had one of those on the show here not too long ago, too. It was a. One of the slightly lighter profile yes. Japanese uh, whiskeys was very good. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Uh, the best bold flavor, 
And I love it because flavor is spelled like the Brits spell flavor with the U in it. F-L-A-V-O-U-R. The best bold flavor. Right now. Japanese whiskey. Right now. Uh, they went with the Nika whiskey from the barrel. Which is quite um, good. Uh, they said as the demand for Japanese whiskey grows, people are looking for better priced options and no age statement whiskeys, which tend to be on the cheaper side and allow for some experimentation. So this is something that, you know, they're showing at about 33 pounds. So what is that about? Uh, it's about pretty close right now, actually. Yeah. Oh, it is yeah, close. Yeah, it's, it's real close right now. Right, pounds right. And, uh, and dollars are Well, then this might be a good time to buy Japanese whiskey because they've got as the best single malt. Japanese whiskey, the Yamazaki single malt of Japanese whiskey. Uh, it features the bold berry flavors, and they're showing it on the prices at forty-nine to fifty-nine pounds. Uh, you know, again, a British article here. So if you, you know, I think though, but that but but prices can be regional what, too. So right, like, so what I could think, you get a bottle of this for? Uh, I'm pretty say, sure that is that the Yamazaki twelve. Yeah, it's the Yamazaki. Uh, it's no age statement. Oh, no age statement. It's okay, Yamazaki so single sure. malt. I'm not sure because I know the twelve is substantially more than that. It's yeah. It says the Yamazaki twelve will set you back over a hundred pounds, and an eighteen year will set you back about two hundred and fifty pounds. Right. Okay. So so, so maybe so, maybe there's an expression there. The other thing that happens too is there are like because this is an English article, there are some uh, expressions that may be available there that aren't available here. That aren't available here. here, yeah. I don't know that I've seen this next one, as a matter of fact. Uh, maybe you have. It's the Hibiki, the best blended Japanese whiskey. I've had Hibiki. Saying. You've had Hibiki. A multi-blend, multi-award winning whiskey. They're showing it clocking in at about 65 pounds, so again, give or take. Yeah. Um, you know, not cheap. You know, but- uh, people will turn their nose to the, uh, to the fact that something's blended, but the fact is... Uh, blended can be delicious, mm. and I want to point out uh, if you have any questions about it, one bottle of Monkey Shoulder will change your Monkey Shoulder. You brought a bottle of Monkey yes. Shoulder on episode number one of this program. Yes, and one and bottle remember, of that will change your mind about blended. And I remember I went, Scotch, "Wow, yeah. it's no. great by itself. It's great as a mixer. It's a great price point." I mean, the final thing they give us here. Uh, is the best small distillery Japanese whiskey. I'm not familiar with this. Maybe you are, but it's Chichibu. Nope, don't know it. It's a young distillery producing exciting experiments, they say, in Japanese whiskey, a relative newcomer on the block. But it's the first new Japanese distillery since the 1970s. You know, I like to uh, uh, go off on a sidebar that Mm -hmm. that we're talking about here. You're talking about the no-age statement thing. Mm -hmm. So um, the trend used to be the older it was, the better it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I would say the older it is, generally speaking, the more refined it is. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. You- <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> see, I can't do anything. This show is just completely off the rails. I can't I, can't I do- see what you're doing. Yeah. Do I need to show that picture yeah, go, again? Go ahead. And show- Even though it has nothing to do with the it whiskey. It used to be said once that, the, again, that the older it is. Our, there's our twins. Yeah. Used to be said, go ahead. The older it is, the better yeah. it is. Danger yeah. cam. These ladies love their Guinness. But it was... And so age statements became the defining factor on a lot of whiskey. <laughs> Adam's just shaking his head, by the way. <laughs> Are we've you going to com- try the beer? We've, completely lo- <laughs> we've just completely lost control of this program. Uh, but it's okay. So um, Just a podcast. So what's happened, though, is because whiskey's had such a boom, and mm-hmm. scotch and everything else, you can't, like, if whiskey's having a boom today, and you want a 12-year-old whiskey, well, you would have had to see that. 12 years ago mm-hmm. 
to ramp up production. So right. what happens is that's we, a very good point. We start yeah. running out of stuff pretty quick, and that drives prices up real fast. So a lot of companies have compensated by making no age statement whiskeys. Uh, you have things like Jefferson's Oceans. How do they age that and make it awesome? Well, they stick it in a barrel and let it roll around the ocean, literally in right, a ship, exactly to uh, to speed up the the process of the uh, the the flavor absorption from the barrels. Um, these are very clever things to do. Some places do you know blast Metallica into their barrels. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, we've had articles on all this stuff, and these are creative ways to agitate. The uh, the transfer of flavors from the barrel to the whiskey, and I think that's a great thing. Now, is there any real, um, is there any real um, way to replace time? Not really. Probably not. Yeah. But you can make some damn good whiskey in a short period of time if you're clever, you know. And that's mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. I think awesome. And so for those out there that that think, oh, well, you just has to have you just has to have an old age statement. You don't need that. Now, don't get me wrong, Balvenie Thirty. Mmm, that's so good. Boy, you are correct. It is really good. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, some of my favorite whiskeys are, are not that old. You know, and that's okay. Right, right. So it's going to happen. I've got something here in my hand that I want to get into, and this one is new, by the way. This is not old at all. Oh, I love that sound. I just love that sound. Did you get all that? That uh, was wonderful. <laughs> so this is an American strong ale, which I don't know what that means, but we're. We're kind of hoping. Uh... Um, well, let's see. Our American Strong Ale uses American two-row malted barley and caramelized Belgian malts. It is hopped with two robust whole cone American hops, 68% of which are added to the boil during the last 15 minutes. Here's what I do know. These guys know their hoppy beers. Lone Pint, these guys, they're out of Magnolia, Texas, and they know what hoppy beer is all about and supposed to be all about. This beer is named after two things that strike fear in those who cower before the terrible and unknown and such. (laughs) And tornado sharks. Tornado sharks. You know what makes me think of, what, what was that? What was that movie? Sharknado. Sharknado, yeah. I haven't seen that, but apparently it's oh. a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Trust me, it's it is a thing. a thing. It's one of the greatest movie ideas ever. <laughs> like, yeah. I love I love that a movie like that comes out and it's so completely over the top. Yeah, that it, think about it. So here's so here's the that's concept. That's called that's called craptastic, right? Yeah. Here's the concept. Imagine <laughs> if there were a tornado, a water spout, if you will, that formed over the ocean in an area that was filled with killer sharks. And so as the tornado form, the sharks are swept up into the tornado. Then the tornado goes on land and dumps the killer sharks on you. That, my friend, is a sharknado. It can happen. It's happened with frogs. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> and fish. Uh, you I mean, got to love it. You just got to love <laughs> and it. And so. salamanders. So, wow. Know. So I'm, I have not tasted this yet, but on the first nose, the nose is I'm awesome. beginning to understand the phrase American so, strong ale. Okay, wait a second. Even before you get into that, I want to talk about just the nose on this because I haven't tried it yet myself either. But you know the smell of the uh, – uh, uh, when you walk up to a brewery, mm-hmm. that smell of mm-hmm. the uh, of the, the mash. The yeast and the mash and the hops and the, all of it together. The, it's yes. such a delicious and wonderful smell. Mm-hmm. This beer just starts off – before it's even close to your face, it starts off smelling like that. You know what that. it makes me think of almost immediately is like a scotch ale. Yes. And when you get it to your nose, you get that really ripe, uh, raisiny, malty kind of smell going oh, on. Ian. Is this, am I going to love this? You are going to love this. this. I you know, just have a feeling. I'm going to try it now. Go for it, my man. Go for it. 
Oh, that's awesome. You know, the fo- the folks at Lone Pine don't disappoint. Although they did have that one beer, remember, that wasn't very good that they brought to our uh, show? <laughs> totally testing us. Yeah, he totally was. He totally was. We we all sipped it and we were like, mm, and of course we're trying to be nice. He's a guest on the show, right? But we also don't want to just like we're, go, yeah, we're, oh, it's great when we're well, like. we're trying not to be total about yeah, it. You yeah, know, right, we're just exactly. we're trying to be <laughs> a little and more. Like, and I'm like, I, I think we said something like, yeah. I like this one as much as the other. She's going, yeah, this one's pretty bad. Like, I mean, and it was like, it was, it was a beautiful we moment. To, we need to cut that and just play it once in I a while. I think that we passed his test, fortunately, <laughs> you know? Uh, but no, um, other than, uh, and listen, I'm sure every brewery occasionally fixes up a batch and goes, nope, this isn't it. But these guys are so consistent, man. Uh, everything I love, they've released has been so good. I love the whole mouthfeel of this. It's thinner than you would think. Um from the uh, from the nose, right, and uh, it has what looks like more carbonation than you than you think, but it just laces up on the um, glass a lot, and then the carbonation's real smooth. It's almost not there. Now I think this is only about eight point eight percent, something like that. It's not a super high ABV. Eight point one. I love that you okay. say eight point one is not super high. Well, now you're starting to be like me. Uh, uh, it's not super high, Google considering that our our highest beer last week was what fourteen percent. So you brought you brought all the high ABV. I last. know I did. Like, and that show wasn't is, even as weird as this one. No, no, that's the crazy thing. Is it really wasn't? It really wasn't. All right. Uh, while we enjoy this, and by the way, uh, all I can say about this, um, <laughs> uh, tornado says, shark. Go ahead. All I was going to say, all I can say about the tornado shark is. Go find it, buy it. It's yes. totally, totally amazing. To Brian says uh, American Strong Ale catch all uh, category, which is exactly what mm-hmm. I thought. You know, like mm-hmm. what? What is it? I don't know. It's American Strong Ale. It's kind of like alternative um, music. So yeah, right. what is that? I a catch all style category for beers from seven percent by volume and above. Okay, well there you so go. So it's a catch all. If it's not a very specific style and it's above seven percent, apparently it's an mm-hmm. American Strong Ale as long as it's an American. Works for me. It's, all I know is it's delicious. I'm for it. And it's got a shark inside a tornado on the I like the big cover. bottles, too. Like, they don't do anything smaller yeah. than that bottle. This is a this pint is their bottle. standard. It's actually not quite a pint, I think. It's it, it's like their own form of measurement. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's actually a little bigger than a pint, because when you pour oh, it into a pint 16 glass, it'll, it'll so overfill a pint glass. Pint. So, yeah. Oh, is that what it isn't is? That an, isn't 16.9 an imperial pint? Boy, you, you are well beyond me here. I have no idea what an imperial pint is. I'm asking you, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. We gotta while, wait thirty seconds. While Brian for the delay does our while Brian does our uh, research for us, um, uh, <laughs> he's our bat cave. You know, you I realize think, that. right? I think we totally owe him some beers or something <laughs> because, uh, uh, yeah, he's he's like the craze in the bat cave. Um, We're just gonna start a page for him called Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember Ask Jeeves? Yeah. Remember that it was too. a search engine right. where you could ask Jeeves whatever you wanted, and most of the time he wouldn't come back with anything. Halfway resembling what you asked about. <laughs> um, all right, so Cosmopolitan Magazine, which let's face it, that's where we all go for like advice on whiskey. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cosmopolitan Magazine has has released a, a, a very interesting uh, article here that is called "Eleven Best Scotch Brands Perfect for Whiskey Noobs." So let's see. Uh, lay it on me. Let's see how they do, Ian. You'll be the judge of this. Lay it on me. Starting with number one, Aberfeldy 12-year single malt scotch whiskey. Straight up, uh, that's not a super complex uh, whiskey. That's mm-hmm. a great one to introduce someone with. It says you'll feel hella sophisticated. They have to say hella because they're 
Cosmopolitan California. magazine. California. Yeah. Uh, you'll feel hella sophisticated sipping on one of Aberfeldy's single malts. It makes 12, 16, and 21-year-old versions with notes of honey, spice, and orange. The brand is ideal for the fall. Uh, it's about $38 for the 12. Um, number two, the Macallan Double Cask 12-year. You cannot go wrong with that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty like solid whiskey, yeah. right? Uh, one of the most popular Scotch brands, believed by hardcore whiskey drinkers and uh, believed in by your local bartender as well. In third place, I don't know if these are actually like ranked, but number three in the article, uh, Glenn Levitt, twelve years single malt Scotch whiskey. Remember, these are all single malts. Brian says Imperial Plank, nineteen point two one five two ounces. Two one five two. Yes, I love the weirdness. need four decimals on that. I one. love the weirdness of the Lone Pine people. That's so <laughs> awesome. Uh, Glenn Levitt, twelve years single malt Scotch whiskey. Ian, your thoughts for whiskey noobs for single malt noobs. Say it again. The it's the Glenn Levitt, twelve year single malt Scotch whiskey. Glenn Levitt, twelve year single malt whiskey is the single whiskey that got me into drinking Scotch. No kidding, really. Yes, when you open the lid on the twelve year. Uh, it smells like apples in a great and amazing way. Mm. It is a light and delicious whiskey, and it's really, really difficult to find a way to have it bad. It's great and neat. It's amazing with ice. It's amazing when it has ice and then warms back up, and now it's a little watered down. Um, and it's not expensive. Yeah. Uh, they're showing it here at about $37. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's that's a, there's nothing wrong with that and a lot of people will uh, kind of like I think familiar familiarity breeds contempt on a lot of these so some of those standbys people have kind of moved people on kind of go oh yeah things. that yeah. or no. whatever I've moved beyond I that. call it the Sam Adams factor right like right. Sam Adams still makes great beer but it's often hipper to talk about clown shoes or, right. or something like that you know what I mean like something new or something uh, something a little sexier maybe. But there's still nothing well, wrong. Well, it's like it's like here Sam in Adams Texas. Boston sometimes you, you open a Shiner box and people are like, "Oh, you're drinking Shiner? Like you haven't grown fast?" Oh, well, it's still one of the best-selling independent beers in the you know in the country. In yeah. the country. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, and it's still a delicious beer. There's nothing yes. wrong with that. So like that, Just that's had a Shiner box this last week, and it was delicious. Yeah, that suffers from the exact same thing. Like it's too familiar, and it's not a higher price point. So there's no snooty value to it, other right. than the fact that it is a single malt Scotch and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, let me ask you about this one. Ringing in at $14.79 in projected cost. Cuddy Sark blended scotch. Not a fan. Yeah. It says here, if you're balling on a budget, ta-da, this light blended scotch offers tastes of oak and creamy vanilla and people's phones ringing in the middle of the show, like me. Apologies, kids. Um, uh, Clean finish without breaking the bank. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Cuddy Sark either, but I I thought maybe I was being too snooty. Not a fan of it. I think it's a little harsh. Um... Uh, so I had a friend of mine years ago that used to just keep it in his freezer. And if you drink it that cold, it masks a lot of flavors and it's, you know, drinkable. Uh, I think it's great for a mixer, um, because it does have enough bite to cut through, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're drinking it with Coca-Cola or something really sweet. But frankly, I would pass on a Cuddy Sark. I'd say, uh, there's on the, on the left side, if you're going, if you're going that inexpensive, Spend six dollars more and buy Weller. Yeah, and just just go with yeah. just go with whiskey Solid. and say that's it. What about the famous Grouse blended Scotch whiskey? Again, I think it's almost exact same for me. Mm-hmm. 
as the uh, as the as the previous one. I think it's it's great for uh, great for a mixer. It's I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually had it by itself. Let me be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, even here it says it's a great uh, for making cocktails. Yeah. So and I've had it in cocktails, and I've always thought it was fine. I don't know that I've ever actually tasted it by itself. Yeah, interesting. What about Chevis Regal's Twelve Year? I think Chevis is probably your baseline if you're just going to drink it by itself, even neat. Mm-hmm. I think Chevis is passable like that, and it's fine with ice. It's actually Chevis benefits from a couple pieces of ice or even a splash of water or soda, and it's a good drink. How about Buchanan's Eighteen? Um. I think I've tried it before, but I don't remember off the top of my head uh, what it comes what in at fifty-five dollars. It says this expertly crafted whiskey is worth its hefty price tag. Whether you want to drink it neat on the rocks, you can't go wrong with this pick. Notes of dark chocolate, caramel, and honey are to die for. I mean, that sounds delicious, but yes. I don't. I'm not that familiar with it. So, how about Alberlor Abunda? Uh, Arbolor. Arbolor. Thank so you. So the Abunda, uh, and again, that's a very. Um, it's good. It's yeah. very one-dimensional, which I think is great for people who are exploring whiskeys. Well, again, and, that's and what this scotch, is about for whiskey right. newbies, right? Yeah, right. So uh, I think that's a great way to go because it is very one-dimensional, uh, and it's a very good dimension that it does. I can weigh in on this next one because it's one of my personal favorites, the Balvenie fourteen-year Caribbean cast. Oh, that's a good one. It's a, it's a sixty-dollar bottle of scotch, yeah. but wow, is that one terrific! Yeah. And I think that one punches above its weight class a little bit. I think that mm-hmm. one gets a six on the uh, PVQ. How about Johnny Walker Black? Eh. Yeah. Johnny Walker Black. I, I, see, that one suffers from the it's pretty ubiquitous mm-hmm. and everyone kind of discounts it. And but it's I think cheap. It's a $10 bottle of whiskey. I, I think there's a pretty – like for $10, I think it's all right. The red is not even tolerable, I think. What about the blue? The blue is outstanding. <laughs> but that's you're also talking about an over $200 bottle at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, they also make a Johnny Walker, the smoky one that I have at the house, which is good and interesting. My friend uh, gave me a bottle of it. Uh, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but we sat and had a few of it, and it's it's incredibly smoky and quite good. Then they also make the gold, which is also quite good, but that's, I think, going into $60, and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, one that we mentioned before on this program, in fact, on this very edition of the program, the Monkey Shoulder Blended Scotch. Well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey Shoulder is uh, hands down on that list. Mm-hmm. One of the absolute best introductions to scotch. Yeah. That, if you put that one in order, if you're going to start drinking scotch, try mm-hmm. Monkey Shoulder. It's, move it's to, not expensive. Move to Glen Levitt, try mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then move to the Arbolor uh, Abunda that you have on there. Try that. Like, that is a progression that's going to lead you into trying deeper and deeper flavors of scotch. So, despite having a few things that you maybe wouldn't wouldn't recommend this list did hit three of there's the actually you quite a few that, well yeah. and right from the top there was a few that were that yeah. were quite good i don't remember mm-hmm. what was the first and the second very one? uh first one on the list was the, Ab- the, uh, the Aberfeld. yeah that's a great one and the second one was the mccallan double yeah you can't year. go wrong with those yeah. and then the glenn levitt 12 so but if you're on a budget if you're on a budget and you're going man i want something impressive and the bottle looks cool and everything else and you don't know much about scotch man you cannot go wrong with monkey shoulder. Like, it's so good. Yep. 
It is. It's and it's one mixable. Of the, it's not at a price point where you go, oh, please don't mix that. But, yeah. but no, it's, it, I, no, honestly, it is really, yeah. really good. Well, uh, we have just saved you, uh, dear listener and viewer, from having to buy an, uh, a, a whole Cosmopolitan magazine. That's right. So it's one of the things that we do. You, you know, don't have to program. sift through the pictures or anything. <laughs> All right. We have some good things coming up on future editions of the show. Uh, we are going to be excited to welcome our good friend, as I mentioned, um, from the Cigar Rights of America and from uh, Cigars for Warriors. Trey Boring is going to be on the show very soon. Uh, we are going to be – we're setting this up. We're going to be doing a live broadcast uh, from the outdoor balcony or – Outdoor wooded deck at the Rainbow Lodge in the uh, Houston area, and Ooh. yeah, so it'll be fun. We'll be able to sit back there, have cigars on the show, and I believe we're going to be joined by the folks from Treaty Oak as well as talking Ooh. some serious wine. Uh, maybe wine uh, in time to get you ready for the holidays as you're thinking about um, the holiday party. If so. you are in Houston, the Rainbow Lodge is a, an oasis you know, in the middle of a city. So I took my wife there uh, recently. Yeah. And I ordered the. They have a, a big game like it's kind of oh yeah big game mix like a mixed of. grill for big game. So I had some delicious elk and wild boar, mm. and I felt very I don't know maybe feel very manly. Yeah, say I beat on your chest. Like, sort of. like you want to uh, wear kind of a plaid vest. Yes, I do. Like plaid a puffy vest, plaid vest, sling yeah. an axe over my yes. shoulder and go. Where's my dinner? <laughs> uh, no, it was delicious. Seriously, and we oh, had so good. And you know, of course, we had from the Rainbow Lodge. Uh, we had the um, uh, the one guy from there who was on the show, Mark. He Burrell. was so fun, and so I went back and I said to my wife, "Oh, you got to taste the sparkling wine we had on the show." So we ordered some of that sparkling wine. It was so good. Yeah, that's so awesome. Good. The British one, remember? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wow. So I good. can't remember so, the name of it, but yeah, we'll track it down. And Mark Burrell, of course, will be on that show with us when we go down there. Of course, we're headed to Galveston to uh, hang out with our that's good in friend. Three weeks. That's on uh, October third. We'll who be nobody in cares about. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys are in the area, come by, watch us do the show. Come yes. have a cigar. With oh us. yes, please do. It'll be fun to hang out and smoke. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it. So, so a lot of great things happening. Other guests are uh, are about to be confirmed, even as we speak. So we're excited about the next couple of months of the show. And uh, of course, we always just have good fun getting together and drinking and talking about cigars and oh, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for. Uh, wading through one of the weirder shows in recent memory with us. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks, of course, always to Wiki Brian. Uh, thanks to um, what? It's so weird. I know. The whole show has just been weird. Uh, thanks to uh, Brianna for showing up and uh, lightening up the room here. Uh, thanks always to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. It's been a wonderful week. And I'm going to uh, need you to actually pour me a little more of that American oh, Strong Ale. Good, so I can toast you I'm out, my pour friend. pour some more of myself. Yeah, I think you should. Um, thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this portion of the show because uh, this is the last portion. So if you joined us for this, chances are... You were here for the whole thing. Cheers, my friend. Have a great week, and uh, cheers. (laughs) 